The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing your nation's public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or build your own real estate business. And it is Cincinnati Rio week for those of you who are listening here within the Maple Knoll radio network. If you if you got your radio on and you're hearing me through that, as opposed to through the internet, you might want to mark your calendar for tomorrow night at the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati, where the main topic is Fast Cash Strategies Roundup. It's going to be a panel of local investors who do stuff ranging from wholesaling properties to retailing to assigning lease options, things that are going to tend to generate cash rather than long-term long-term assets and income and they're going to talk about why they do those things how they fit in with the rest of their real estate investing business and of course give you whatever direct advice you want about how to do what they do that's the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati tomorrow night. Uh, the early meeting at 6 o'clock, by the way, is about the new foreclosure law here in the state of Ohio. It's sort of quietly, quietly passed under the radar and against the objections, by the way, of sheriff's departments all over the state. Because the new law changes the process by which banks can present foreclosures, but making it both easier for you to bid, but also making it a national market for Ohio foreclosure. So you're definitely going to want to get there at 6. In fact, get there at 5.30 because there's free dinner at 5.30 for everybody who attends. It is at the Ramada Inn. This is a new meeting location. It is the Ramada Inn at 11320 Chester Road in Cincinnati, and it is open to the public. You can get more information about it and download a free guest pass at CincinnatiRia.com. That's com. Speaking of quick cash strategies, I it seemed, it seemed to me as I was looking over the schedule here on Real Life Real Estate over the last five or six months that we've we've been we've been leaning a lot on the on the asset side of things in in the guests that I've interviewed and people that I've talked to there's been a lot of folks who've discussed you know owning student rentals and buying notes to hold and all of that sort of thing and all, all of those things are are great and you absolutely should do them but for many listeners that kind of thing is not in reach until 
you get some other stuff straightened out. And that means cash. So today we're going to talk to the guy who's kind of the king of the fast cash strategy. You have heard him on the radio. You have probably read one of his books. You may have even seen him at your local real estate association at some point during the last 20 plus years as he has been teaching folks all over the United States how to make money in real estate. He is a 34-year veteran of the business himself. He is Mr. Ron Legrand joining us by phone from his home in Jacksonville. Ron, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And, you know, folks folks can go back and they can listen to the podcast of this show. We've got, I don't know, 200, 300 episodes, something up on the podcast. And there's lots of people talking real specifically about here's how you wholesale and here's how you do this and do that. What I wanted to talk to you more about today is big picture for our listeners, all right? Because there's, there's like, there's like, what is the strategy I'm going to do? And then there's, there's like, what do I need in my life, <laughs> which is, which is a different thing. And I, I, I want to discuss the, the, I don't know, there, there, there's, there's sort of like a, um, a break in, out in the real estate investing world where folks, folks want to say, I want to own assets, right? I want to have properties that cash flow and I want to retire on that. And then there's folks who they seem to only be into the cash part of it. They just, you know, flip and flip and flip and flip and flip. But uh-huh. your, your career has been about, and, and what you have taught over the years has been about, it's not one or the other. But it is definitely one before the other. <laughs> so let, let, let's just let's sort of sort of talk about that for listeners who might be out there going, I don't understand. Am I supposed to buy stuff to hold or am I supposed to flip it? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very well said. It actually is not one or the other. It is both. But I've long taught take care of today's cash flow needs first before you worry about building an empire. People who need cash like they need oxygen could care less about holding properties. I know I used to be one of them 35 years ago. People who are okay with cash flow, people who have some means, uh, might want to look at real estate as a for a different reason, uh, maybe retirement, especially when we know what we know about how to do a lot of the things we're talking about in your IRA and never pay taxes on them, which is my favorite way. Tax-free always beats tax, and it, it is definitely legal. So there's something in real estate for everyone, but I try to teach folks that we need cash flow, but simultaneously, why not build wealth while we're at it, as well as residual income. That's the income that keeps coming in every month, whether you're working or not. And you hit a point, there's too many people out there just flipping, and that means every time they get a check, they got to go get another check, get another check, get another check, because if they quit getting those checks, then their income stops. I kind of like to blend it all in together and create a business that, A, doesn't suck up your life because, frankly, being I spend as much time teaching people today how to automate and systemize their business than I do how to do the actual real estate because we're all busy. We don't need something else to do. We just need more money with less work. <laughs> yeah, and I definitely want to come back to the to the automation piece of this sometime before the end of the show because um, y- you probably deal with... 10,000 or more people a year who are wanting to get into the business. You see them at conferences, uh, weekend events like you're going to be doing here in Cincinnati next week. I mean, you, you run into them constantly. Mm-hmm. And 
I know that you you see the ones that we see at all the Rhea groups who are they are so upside down in their lives, right? They I mean they've got credit card bills out the wazoo. They've got student uh-huh. loans they're trying to deal with. They've got you know they're 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 keeping their head above water, but only because they're able to make the minimum payments on stuff. And if anything goes wrong, it, it's it's bad, right? Next next step bankruptcy. And I, I almost feel like to tell those people, well, go out and take out some mortgages and get yourself some rental properties is like irresponsible. That's irresponsible on the on the part of the education industry and that they just need they just really need to be focused on some ways that are yeah. easy for them to, to set that to rights. You got it. Generate more money. Pay off all of those bad debts, as we call them. A bad debt's any debt that doesn't produce income. And create more cash flow in your life. And I promise you, it'll change the way you think, the way you act, the way you feel. It'll change your relationships. And it'll probably even change your health because stress is one of the biggest killers out there. And if you're stressing over money, frankly, it's your own fault. Take more time to figure out how to get the money out of real estate without using your money or credit. And spend less time stressing over paying the bills. And you're correct. I see so many people that literally... Oh, very small amounts of money, but yet it's consuming their life to the point to where they can't take time to make any real money or make time. It's not that they can't. It's just that they don't or won't. And you know as well as I do, one or two deals in our world, one or two real estate deals, could easily pay off an entire education for student loans and pretty much everything else that uh, people crack up those debts, like those credit card bills and all of that. And the key is it doesn't require money or credit. And that's the hardest thing we have to get across to people. If you're using your money or if you're signing on notes, you're doing it incorrectly, regardless of what conventional wisdom tells you. That is the wrong way to buy real estate. And it is the way that will not create wealth but could easily create more calamity in your life. It's like any other business. Do it right or you do it wrong. If you do it wrong, you probably won't be in it long, and then you'll be blaming it all on the business. And I'm sure we got a lot of listeners out there that have started in real estate and stopped and maybe started again and stopped. But if you don't have the basics, you will probably never get anywhere past the starting gate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because there's one thing that no matter, you know, no matter whether you're sitting there going, man, this is the you know, the last $2,000 on my credit card and I have to save it in case my transmission goes out. One thing mm-hmm. that I, one thing that I have learned by teaching myself a bunch of really expensive boot camps by not following my own advice. (laughs) (laughs) I've done that. Has been been that you are going to pay to get educated. Yeah, one way or the other. The question is, are you going to do it the easy way, which is pay somebody who's been down that path to tell you how to walk the path? Yeah. Or there's the hard way well, the, by spinning your wheels and trying to reinvent the wheel and losing deals you shouldn't lose and uh-huh. burning time you shouldn't us, burn. Us men are going to do it the hard way, being that we don't have any choice. Testosterone, <laughs> there's nothing we can do about it. And 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 if it's working, we got to fix it. You know. <laughs> Very true. We need to we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more to Ron Legrand about 
both the importance of making sure that your business has has a way of producing cash. Even if you are the landlord who never wants to sell a property, you need a way of producing cash. And also, uh, the best ways that are working in the market right now, because it, it, it ain't all the same as it was five years ago or ten years ago. If you have questions for Ron Legrand, we are live on the air now, so you can give us a call at 877-772-9658. That's 877-772-9658. Or send an email. Just go to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Ron Legrand, the godfather of real estate. And we're talking about cash strategies. And um, listeners, I just got an uh, an email via askvina at gmail.com from uh, a regular listener who said something about the feed on the internet is not the show. If you are listening to the show on the internet send me an email and tell me you can hear it because we're we're all sitting here in the studio like looking at each other very confusedly wondering how it could possibly be anything feeding other than the program uh so if you are listening on the web and you can just send me an email ask me at gmail.com and say yeah i can hear you that will that will slow my heartbeat down (laughs) so um uh ron so big again again big picture and then we'll start getting into like what are you seeing students around the country doing successfully to generate cash um, mm-hmm. my father, who you knew, um, mm-hmm. was, was in my mind, like the standard died in the wool landlord. He never wanted to sell anything. It, it was all about, you know, equity and cash flow and whatnot. But at the same time, and he was very successful at that. I'm not, you know, I'm not making, making fun of him. He had, you know, at the top of his holdings, he had $4 million in equity. But even with millions of dollars on paper we went on vacation where we had family you know and a and a a really big like like for for our, for like our birthday big night out was red lobster because because he had like most landlords for the first 20 25 years of his career he had leveraged properties and that meant that every time something went wrong a roof went bad a furnace went out you know, at times, times 100 houses, it was a big, big deal. And when I look back on that now and say, gosh, dad, if you'd adjust, if you'd adjust on some wholesaling or <laughs> some retailing or something, you would have been able to enjoy all of that, all of that money you yeah. spent all of that time building up. Yep. Equity rich, cash poor. Uh, you're bringing back memories <laughs> because that's exactly how I started as well. But you know, if your dad would have just made one marginal shift, it would have changed his entire empire. And that shift is, I don't rent houses, Vina. I lease option them to tenant buyers, which means the tenant buyer gives me several thousand dollars non-refundable option deposit and accepts the responsibility for the repairs as a condition of their option and under purchase. That one shift changes everything because now I've got buyers in the houses, not tenants, totally different type of buyer uh, uh, tenant altogether and you know i've got a couple of those right now been in there over 10 years and i haven't you know all they do is pay rent and i don't even hear from them when you have a when you're landlording like that that's good landlording and that means every time you rent out a property you're getting several thousand dollars and sometimes that several thousand is 
10, 15, 20. In fact, I've gotten as high as $75,000 on a front end non-refundable deposit. Now, of course, that wasn't on a $100,000 house, but um, that's one of our biggest income streams today is getting the non-refundable deposits by taking beautiful houses and letting people rent to own them that can't qualify for a loan right now. And, you know, the majority of the people looking to buy a house cannot qualify for a loan, but they can given a little bit of time. So we put them in the house and give them the time, and if they want our help getting qualified, then uh, we help them as well. And then, so that there, there's three revenue streams right there. The deposit we get up front, which is part of their down payment. It's not an expense. They're investing it toward their down payment. Then we get a monthly cash flow from difference between what they pay and us and what we pay out. And then when they cash out on the back end, there's usually some equity left over, and we get a big check there. Uh, that's my kind of landlording. That means we get all three revenue streams built into one property, not just stick a tenant in the house and wake up one day 30 years later and, and you're rich. Mm-hmm. Problem is, that's a long 30 years, assuming you survive it and you learn landlording along the way. Landlording's a lot easier when you don't have to take on all the problems that landlords take on by assigning them to your new t- uh, tenant buyer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm making a list here of what Ron says people are doing for cash. And I'm going to put number one, lease options. Well, that's my exit strategy, yeah, at least with an option to buy. But first, we've got to buy them and or lease option from the seller. And I mostly buy them, and but I use I buy them with terms, meaning I lease option from the seller as a last resort, but I usually buy them by buying them with owner financing. So the owner finances me until some point in the future when we cash them out. And sometimes I pay cash for them, but honestly, in today's market, I heard you mention earlier how we make making money today. This is one of the best times I've seen in a long time to actually rehab and retail houses to qualified buyers and cash out immediately. I do one of those, uh, one or two of those a month as well in my extremely part-time business. I still buy two to four houses a month uh, pretty much by osmosis in a semi-comatose state. I <laughs> don't <laughs> And I don't have – my secretary is the only one that I have, and about 20% of her time is in real estate. The rest of it's all this other stuff that I do, like I have a restaurant or two, those kind of things that suck up time and don't produce any money. But um, now real estate is pretty easy once you get it systemized, and that's what I do in the pretty outside of the business. I buy them or lease option them. Then I put lease option tenant buyers in them and collect money, wait and they either buy or they move, and if they move, we go do it again. Um, and then in the ugly house side of the business, we pay cash for houses, just like you do. Your whole world is buying houses at a discounted price, usually needing repairs. Uh, then you can either wholesale them or you can rehab them and retail them. Today, they sell as fast as I can get them finished. Uh, of course, I list them all with realtors and let them sell them for me. That means I don't have anything to do with the selling process. And then just sit around and wait till they get a buyer. Last one I put on the market a few weeks ago, we had four potential buyers within three days. That's, you know, that's the way I like to sell them. And that's, that's happening all across the country everywhere I go. The market is so hot that they're going as fast as they can get them up there if they're renovated properly. So I shoot for no less than $40,000 net profit per property. And I'm selling low-end properties. I rarely sell a property for more than $150,000. And I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, where our median price home is $185,000. So I stay down on the low end when I'm rehabbing them. But when I'm pretty outside, I want to go from median on up. Because I've learned I can get a lot bigger deposit out of a half a million dollar house than I can out of a $100,000 house. So 
more dollars you waller in, the more stick to you. This is all the kind of stuff that I'm going to be talking about when I come see you guys in Ohio in a week or two. Yes, and um, you said something really important in the first segment that I want to I want to go back to now that you have said that you're getting you know five thousand ten thousand in one case I guess seventy five thousand up front on lease options and that you're making about mm-hmm. forty thousand on your retail deals and the the thing mm-hmm. that the thing that struck me was you said a lot of people are like stressing out, losing their health, losing their marriages, you know, unable to enjoy their lives over over mm-hmm. what's really not a lot of debt. It's, you know, 20000 30000 no, yeah. $40,000. That's the part that bothers me, yeah. Yeah, and you're talking about, you know, for, for, the, for the, you know, the pretty house deals where literally a seller is financing the deal for you, and mm-hmm. you are just turning around and finding somebody who values that deal more because they want to live in it. Getting it with terms, selling it with terms. Yeah, you're you're talking about you could do maybe just a couple of those, and and for a lot of folks that would pay off their credit cards, that would pay off their cars, right? So mm-hmm. they wouldn't have to worry about that anymore, and then maybe get on to paying off their their home, right? Yep. I mean, ca- cash is useful. <laughs> <It's>, yeah, you <laughs> think. <laughs> There's all kinds of neat stuff you can do with cash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and and you know, for every rehab home, it, a lot of times I, I you don't really do this, but a lot of times when I talk to people who teach um, wholesaling and retailing, the two cash strategies for ugly houses, they talk a lot about lifestyle. They talk about you know, go go do twenty wholesale deals a year, and you can drive a Maserati, and you can live on the beach, and take vacations to Italy, and all that kind of stuff. But you can also pay cash for your long-term investment properties. You can also, I mean, it it doesn't just help you pay off your debt and and maybe do some things that you've been meaning to do. It really does change how you invest because, you know, I I watched my dad work 70 hours a week for 40 years to Uh get to the place where his properties were were largely paid off because that's how long it takes to pay them off if you're just making monthly payments. But I think we need to put in people's mind the idea that, heck, if you did a couple of $40,000 rehabs in Cincinnati, you could buy a pretty nice house for cash for 80 and then it generates income for the rest of your life. Yeah, well, you're... Your dad was a great guy, but you know he didn't know back then what we know now. We actually learned along the way, and you know when your dad was coming up, there really wasn't anybody even teaching this business. He came from an era when he had to learn it on his own. So, uh, you know, I guess we should be lucky we're in the era we're at today. Um, I just turned over my thirty-fifth year at it, and I still learn every time I do a seminar. Students come and teach me new stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Very, very true. So uh, we're, we're going to have to take another break in a second. But uh, before we do, let's go ahead and talk about the fact that in about 10 days, you're going to be here in Ohio um, on May the 12th in Columbus, which is a Friday. Everyone's looking at their calendar going, did she just really say that he's going to be doing an all-day seminar on a Friday? Ron swears you will show up for a seminar on a Friday. So Friday in Columbus <laughs> Saturday in Cincinnati. These are both sponsored by the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati. Um, the I'm going to let folks go online and look at the agenda because it's really, there's a lot of stuff that you're covering in the day. 
and it's a thing they can sign up for through RIA. It's a hundred percent guaranteed. You know, you don't like it, just ask for your money back at the end of the day. But you'll like it. I've I've been to this thing three or four times myself, and I'll be there again next weekend. So that's CincinnatiRIA.com. And I would I would say, listeners, if you are within you know any kind, if, if you have to come in the night before because it takes you five hours to drive here, still worth it. Get a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Come hang out in Columbus or Cincinnati. It's um you know we don't unfortunately when we're on the radio we literally have like forty two minutes to try and cover <laughs> what is more than an entire day's worth of information. So check that out CincinnatiRia dot com. Now I'll I'll tell you uh, one other thing, Ron. I can I can I can hear my dad screaming from his you know his bed right now. But if you if you do these cash things, you have to pay taxes, and taxes are bad. You should never t- pay taxes. So for for folks, somebody's got to pay them. <laughs> that's right. Um, for 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 folks who are you know some of the, some of that is inevitable, right? I mean, you, if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna do these deals in in your own name because you are trying to pay off debt and whatever, yeah, you got to pay some taxes. But you kind of mentioned in passing the whole the whole deal the whole uh, concept that all of this stuff that we've been talking about lease options, wholesaling, mm-hmm. retailing can all be done in IRAs. Yep, tax free in a Roth. Mm-hmm. Is that all you have to say about that? <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. You were giving me a break there, weren't you? Okay. Well, anything that we do outside of our Roth IRA, as far as real estate goes, we can do inside of our Roth. The difference is pay tax or not pay taxes. So the key, anybody can go get a Roth IRA. Uh, the key is is to learn how to buy real estate without using your money or credit so your IRA can do the same thing. In fact, your IRA can't use credit. It doesn't have any and it can't use it anyway. So when you learn how to do it without money, all you've got to do is decide which ones go in your IRA and which ones don't. And in case you don't know or haven't investigated what tax-free versus taxed is worth, if you take any amount of money and invest it tax-free and keep the money invested for over a 10-year period, at the end of the 10-year period, it's worth 10 times more not taxed than it is taxed because you're actually investing all of the return and not paying taxes on that incredible growth when you do it tax-free over tax. Now, of course, people are going to say, well, how do I make a living? Well, you actually don't have to do them all in your IRA, but just remember, you can take your money out of your IRA anytime you want to. <laughs> cost your money. And the worst case is you pay the same taxes you're going to pay if you don't do it in your IRA. So uh, it's not about starving yourself to feed your IRA. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I don't know what the government is going to do with these beautiful gifts they've given us. I suspect they're going to change things in the future, so I always recommend to my folks, get out there and buy like a bat out of hell in that IRA while you still can and while it's still tax-free before they come in there and make a mess out of it. Because mm-hmm. there's an awful lot of money sitting in folks' IRAs that the government's not getting paid on, and uh, and I've seen evidence that they're kind of frowning on that, and they're, and they're looking at it very hard. So go, go, go inside that thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and and again for listeners who are sitting there going, but I can't buy anything in my IRA because I've only got a thousand dollars. You did you did hear the part about most of these strategies, if you know how to do them right, they don't require you to have cash or credit inside or outside your IRA. So if you know how Correct. to do it outside your IRA without cash or credit, mm-hmm. guess what? You mm-hmm. know how to do it inside. If you got a hundred dollars in your IRA, you can do a deal that'll easily net it twenty thousand dollars, and that's the whole point right there. Yep. It's not about contributions; it's because there's no limit as to how much your IRA can earn in a year. There's 
there's only a limit is how much you can contribute. Mm-hmm. And that certainly confuses folks. Mm-hmm. Very true. We need to take another quick break, after which we will be answering some questions that have come in from listeners at askvina at gmail.com. You can also call with any questions if Ron's piqued your curiosity about something and you'd like to know more. Give us a call at 877-772-9658. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Davina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Ron Legrand. If you haven't heard of him, I don't know what rock you're living under because he is everywhere right now. He's all over the radio, just wrote a new book called The Less I Do, The More I Make. And I got a gift copy of that inscribed, I had my secretary sign this. So I guess that's just proof that Ron does as little as he possibly can. Um, we're gonna we, we've got a whole bunch of questions here lined up at askvina at gmail dot com. Of course, we're gonna get to as many of them as we possibly can. But you know, again, listeners, if you if you really want to sit down and study this for a day. May 12th or May 13th, Ron will be in Ohio. CincinnatiRia.com will get you more information about that. Okay, here is a question from Michael in uh, Cleveland Heights, Ohio. He says, hey, Ron, I actually learned to rehab from you back in the early 2000s. Glad to hear you're still around. My problem right now isn't that I can't sell the deals. It's that I can't find them. How about some tips on deal finding in the market right now? Okay, how about you coming down to see me in Columbus or Cincinnati? By the way, Vina, you know what you forgot to mention, the most important thing? What's the we're, most we're, important we're, thing? We're, we're buying them lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hardly think compared to an entire day of education, the free lunch is the most important thing, but okay. Uh, well, I wouldn't get excited. It's in a box anyway, but <laughs> Michael, I'll tell you. I got the same problem here. We got the same problem all over the country because you're probably shopping inside the MLS system, which I don't, I, you know, I'm not I'm saying you shouldn't do. You should, but the market is heated up so hard today. Uh, I would suggest you get into the world of finding the FISBOs for sale by owners where you don't have the competition. In fact, nobody even knows the house is for sale, sometimes not even the seller until you contact them. And that would take me probably an hour and a half, two hours to go through all the stuff that you can do with that. But that's what I would do to try to to overcome the heat of the uh, market in the MLS because I know it's correct where you're at, where everybody else is at. Uh, people are out there paying stupid prices for these all-cash bank uh, properties right now um, because there's so much uh, pressure in the marketplace and there's so many other entities like hedge funds and so forth buying them for reasons other than rehabbing them and reselling them. And owner-occupants, when the market is this hot, owner-occupants will come in and buy them because they, they're getting a bargain on them and a lot of them can raise the cash, even though the the uh, property needs some repairs. But there's a whole lot of stuff that we can be doing uh, to compensate for that. I've been at this for 35 years, and I've never seen a year I couldn't buy as many houses that I wanted to buy. And don't forget the pretty house business. It has nothing to do with banks or realtors or uh, any of those things that uh, you're experiencing trying to buy uh, properties at a deeply discounted price. Okay. Um, yeah. D- yeah. The um, the general rule is wherever all the stupid money is fishing, don't fish there. Mm-hmm. And right now there seems to be a lot of, of stupid money <laughs> looking at properties mm-hmm. in MLS. 
Uh, okay, this question is from Robert in Illyria. He says, it's good to know that lease options are back. That was always one of my favorite strategies. The reason I gave it up in 2007 and eight was that my buyers could never actually refinance. Is that market back? <laughs> well, that you might not like my answer on that one. The truth is, yes, uh, it all depends on how you run your business. And yes, the answer, the market has always been there. There's always been lease options. But whether they actually get you financed out is entirely how you want to operate. If you put them in the house and you work with them and you babysit them and you force them into credit repair and you make them do the things they got to do along the way and you put them with a lender to get them a loan, you'll get them, most of them cashed out. But that's pretty not what I do. I pretty much put them in there and forget about them and set it and forget it. And that's why, uh, you know, a lot of my folks will in the house, they sit there for years and they just don't ever buy. And the, and the reason they don't buy is because I don't really care. So that comes back to what Bean and I were talking about earlier. If you need money like you need oxygen, then you're probably better off just cashing out now. But if you need money and you want some residual income and you don't have to have it all right now, then uh, your plan would probably be put a lease option to buyer in the house and then babysit them through to get them their credit cleaned up, which is going to take you six months to a year to get them out of the house. So, again, it depends on how you want to run your business. But lease options have never left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think his question was about is the refi money out there for them? If Well, of course. The refi money is, uh, is well, it's not refi money. It's actually purchase money when you're putting a lease option tenant buyer in the house. They're not refining because they don't own it yet. But, yeah, sure, there's plenty of money out there. For all the people who are going on getting loans right now and getting qualified, uh, there's plenty of money for them. FHA is still there. VA is still there. Banks are still there. There's plenty of money out there. All right. Um, okay, so this is a question from Paula. Paula says she actually attended your all-day workshop in Cincinnati. I guess this must have been three years ago. She says it was two, but I think the last time you were here was actually three years ago. And she says, did I just hear that Ron has had a change in philosophy on lease options that he's not assigning them anymore but sandwiching them? I, uh, You're thinking about the old days of acts when houses were over-leveraged, and um, that was about five years ago. We were assigning a lot of the over-leveraged contracts, but those days are gone, and um, I don't assign any contracts to owner-occupants anymore. Um, if I, I'm always going to stay in the middle or cash out one of the two. Yeah, we have to change with the times. Mm-hmm. And 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 explain to Paula why that is. It's because now there's equity. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not going to get out of any deal that is still going to keep paying me. Back in the old days, if I found an over leveraged house, I would just sign a contract for five thousand bucks or so, and I put a tenant buyer in it that knew knew it was over leveraged but didn't care and give them plenty of time for the equity to catch back up. But again, that's gone. Back then, 40% of the houses in the country were over-leveraged. Today, that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. Although there's still quite a few of them here in Cincinnati, Ohio, as (laughs) in in my experience. Yeah, but it's a very small percentage. Okay, so uh, if any, I think I have run through the questions that I had here. If anyone else has uh, any questions they want to ask Ron before the end of the show, which, by the way, is in about 10 minutes, Give us a call at 877-772-9658, or alternatively, you can send an email. Just askvina at gmail.com is the address, and no sooner do I say that than up pops a question from Michael. He says, 
Ron, do you have any opinion on flipping land as in buildable lots? If the building industry comes back soon, will that be a thing? I seem to get a lot of calls when I send out letters and postcards about lots. The answer is yes, Michael, but it depends on where the lot's at. And if it's in a neighborhood that is conducive of building right now, and if it makes mathematical sense for anybody to put a house on it, and that's going to, I mean, I take a while to explain that one. It's very simple. If it costs me $100 a foot to build a house and I can only sell it for a hundred and a quarter, I ain't building the house. But if it costs me $100 a foot to build it and I can sell it for 200 then I'll build them all day long and have done so. And in some pockets of the country right now, we're back. They're still building them because they, the math is there. There's a, you know, when, I can't build houses when I can buy them cheaper than I can build them. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, you know, when, yeah, when I can buy them, when I can buy them for less money than it costs me to build them, I don't want to build. <laughs> and in your, in, your, in your case, there's a lot of folks I see out there actually putting in houses in lower income areas because they get the lots for free or practically free or very, very inexpensive prices. But even then, if it costs me $75 to, a foot to build a house and I can't get more than $90 a foot out of it, I'm not going to wind up making any money. I'm going to wind up losing money. Mm-hmm. So it's all in the math. Okay, very good. Now, we've got just about like eight minutes left in the show, so... Um, I, I, we're going to, we're going to wind back and talk about something that you is very clear that you were very anxious for people to know about at the beginning of the show. And that was the automation model. And, 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 and it, it is important because I mean, those of us who are in the business full time, we know that there's always 10 times more stuff to be done than we can do. But what, who I really feel bad for is the people who are getting into the business who have full-time jobs and are trying to pile this in on top mm-hmm. of it. So share some examples of some things that can be automated to make it easier for brand new investors, people who've never done this before. I, how about I just tell you how I buy houses and sell them? How about that? That's good with me. Okay. Uh, leads from FISBOs for sale by owners are all generated for me automatically. We have a, a, a very inexpensive thing called a gold club that drops them in your inbox every single day. I have virtual assistants that call them and fill out the property information sheet for you, and then they send that to you. And then I have scripts that you call to screen them very quickly if they're going to take terms or not after they've already told the virtual assistant that they would. All that is done before I ever even get the lead. And then all I have to do is decide which seller is worth uh, going after. And that's the buying product. And then somebody's got to go out to the house and get the contract signed. That can be me, but it isn't. I replace myself to do that. So now on the selling side, everything is automatic. Um, by the way, I even have somebody taking calls from sellers. That's a fir- that's a outsourced. It's not my company. It's called PatLive, PatLive.com. So we don't take inbound calls from the buying side. We don't talk to people until we have a reason to do business with them. It's all done for us which eliminates most of the crap right there. Now we get ready to sell houses. I have an automated system. There are people call an interactive voice response system that's all set up for you, and it asks the buyers the questions that you know that you want to ask them, like how much money they had to put down, how much can they pay per month, and so forth. All done automatically, 24 hours with no humans. And then a human, either you or a virtual assistant, calls back the ones that you want to call back, usually the ones who have some money, and uh, sends them to the house. Uh, nobody shows houses. Uh, the house shows itself. And then uh, they are followed up on to uh, get to an appointment after they're screened over the telephone. And then uh, once they come to that appointment, they're sitting in front of an attorney a few days later 
who's doing all of the documents at, and the buyer's paying the expense. So my whole uh, participation here is decide who I want to work with going in and decide who I'll accept as a buyer going out. And that's the entire pretty house business, which is why it don't take 10 hours a month for me to buy two to four houses a month. And then in the ugly house business, if I'm renovating it, I, I visit the house twice. I make offers from my butt from my iPad. Nowadays, you can see almost everything you need to see online. I get it accepted. I go look at the house, and then I meet the contractor there. And then that's nothing. I do nothing else except uh, wait till the the uh, repair job is done, and then uh, list it with a realtor, and they take it from there. So it's not time consuming at all. It's actually uh, sometimes I'm ashamed of the money I make because I don't deserve. No, it. you're not. The, yeah, the, you're right. I'm not. The okay, but but you you realize that that every control freak who's listening to this mm-hmm. show is yeah, they're crashing their cars they're like they're like wait a minute you don't talk to your own sellers you don't you don't go look at the you don't look at what the contracts are doing every single day so seriously no. seriously it is is there is there an overall i don't know loss of efficiency by you doing this that is made up by the fact that you can just do more or does it actually just work out great and it's just somebody else is doing the work well, there are sometimes issues that come along with not having to want to work. But on the other hand, I get my life back. And it's a very easy sacrifice for me to make because, look, I spent years and years and years being one of those entrepreneurs who had to have their fingers in everything and had to make all the decisions because nobody else was worthy. Till finally I figured out, my goodness, there's a whole bunch of people out there at least as smart as I am that are very capable of doing anything. There's not one thing you and I can do in our business that somebody else can't do for us. And by the way, if there if there is, your business sucks, and you need to work on it because <laughs> you got to get out of your own way. You got to replace yourself because if you don't replace yourself, you don't get everything done by somebody else. You're trapped. You're never going to get out, which is the problem we see with all of our professionals coming into our world, as you well know. You know, they go to all school for all these years and spend all this money, and now they're trapped into their profession. It's hard for them to get out. Um, but it, it comes down to getting out of your own way. The enemy is here. It is us, and automation is the only way that's going to happen. Automation and delegation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's been that's been a a pretty constant topic here on the show for probably the last year or two because I, I think it's something that well the millennials are great at it right I mean they <laughs> they already know that anything you want done or anything you want to do mm-hmm. you just go online and some you know there's somebody you can get to do it for you. Unfortunately, it's those of us who've been around for many years and who've been used to having to do it all by hand and, you know, go back to the days where even the MLS wasn't online and you had to get those books delivered to your door and then you went through and looked at all little tiny pictures in the books and tried to figure out which property you wanted to look at. (laughs) I remember I remember I spend days every week writing down looking at these vacant houses. Oh my god, I can't even imagine. Yeah, well and getting and getting out of your car to use a payphone to call the realtor to tell him you were gonna be late because you didn't have a cell phone. I mean in in a lot of ways I was just talking about this earlier today with Matt. In a lot of ways, the barriers to entry have dropped enormously in this business in the last 20 years. Not only that, the cost because of the uh, automation and the Internet. I mean, I used to spend a fortune every month just finding buyers and finding sellers. By the way, my first cell phone was in 1985. It was big as a microwave, but it was in my car. (laughs) (laughs) I was cool. I was driving around Toyota station wagon with a phone in it. my kids would not let me drop them off in school. I embarrassed them. <laughs> <laughs> it was a radio phone. It wasn't a cell phone. 
said half the time you couldn't oh, get yes. out. And by the way, I paid three thousand dollars for that telephone. Yeah, well, nineteen eighty-five. Re- remember what a huge decision it was to buy your first fax machine because three grand. For, first of all, first of all. <laughs> Most of the realtors didn't have one, so it was only going to save you some time. And secondly, they they were so expensive. Yeah, so, you know, in a lot of ways, it's gotten a lot easier. But what I would say to the folks who are, you know, who've been in the business for 10 or 20 years and are kind of going, well, I've seen Ron before, I'm not going to come to this event, is (laughs) the part of it, the part of it that you need to hear, and I know you need to hear it because I've talked to you and you're still insisting on doing all this stuff yourself. Yep is the part about the automation. And it's not just the technical part. It's not just how do I get the VAs and how do I get the answering services. It's the mindset. Yep. It's the mindset and the constant bombardment. Look, we all need multiple hits. You, got, you know, Come see the old guy. Uh, sooner or later, I'll get through to you. But you're going to have to hear it several times because <laughs> you're human. And I get it. And then you just implement a little bit of it this time. And pretty soon you wake up one day and say, holy crap, where have I been for the last 20 years? Oh, by the way, Bean, I know you're seeing this, too. I'm getting people coming back, but now the system for I mean, I met 20, 25 yes. years ago, and now they're coming back. Yes. And you're, you're seeing the same thing, aren't you? Yes, and, there's, and they're, they're saying things like, well, when I, when I went through it the first time, I was kind of only halfway in it because I still had my job, but, you know, now I'm retired, and I'm really yeah. going to, you know, I'm really going to kill it. And, well, and also, we yeah. had, of course, a lot of dropouts in the, in the, in the crash, in the 06, 07, 08, who were yeah. scared. Oh, oh I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and they are they are definitely they're definitely coming back in droves and and they've got good attitudes about it. That's that's the good thing. They're not, you know, they're not yeah. coming back feeling like, you know, beat up about it because they've now that they've seen the whole cycle, they recognize yeah. where we are in it now and that this is a really really good time to get involved. Yeah, well, honestly, dance with the one who brung in and I've done I do a lot of things. I have several different businesses and and I just will not abandon real estate because it's been too good to me. And there's never been a better time than right now, I can tell you, mm-hmm. to enter it and prosper. But I'll say it again. you got to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Do it the right way. Not, not flounder around and listen to all the broke people trying to tell you how to get rich. Yeah, <laughs> very true. All right. Well, Ron, as always, um, appreciate you taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule to be with us here and sort of, I don't know, get our, I just wanted to get people's minds straight about you don't need to be embarrassed about needing cash and that cash is very important to everyone's business, not just, not just yours. Uh-huh. And that it's something that, you know, that you got to have the cash strategies in your tool belt because at some point even if you are fully just invested in the whole idea of assets you yep. are still going to need yep. cash so yep um looking forward to coming to ohio and sharing a couple of days and i see, I see your temperature is 58 degrees and mine is 90 so uh, i'll be happy to get out of here hopefully hopefully in 10 days it'll warm up a little bit but yeah so so folks who want more information about the Cincinnati RIA hosted event that Ron will be speaking at in Columbus on the 12th and Cincinnati on the 13th can get information about that at Cincinnati uh, uh, CincinnatiRIA.com or uh, 407-3137, 503-407-3137. Again, Ron, thanks so much. Uh, we'll see you in a couple in about a week in Cincinnati, and um, we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. <laughs>